Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Hey, let's get into the show. I'm your host, Simon, and thank you so much for joining me. This episode is sponsored by OscarHamilton.com. If you have a podcast or you're thinking about starting one, check out OscarHamilton.com because they help launch amazing podcasts and then they edit and produce existing ones. Um, OscarHamilton.com. And now, let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is Christina Nicholson. Christina, welcome. Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me. Christina is a former TV reporter and anchor who now owns and operates a public relation firm, Media Maven. She also recently launched Mastery PR, an online course that teaches small business owners how to handle public relations on their own if it's not in the budget to hire help. Christina, I know you've done so much more, so tell us a bit more about yourself and fill in any blanks. Well, yeah, like you said, I was a TV reporter and anchor for about 10 years. I worked everywhere from New York City to Beaumont, Texas, Fort Myers, Florida. And my last market was in Miami, where I still am, in South Florida. And when I was working in the news, I covered a lot of stories. I got a lot of emails. I talked to a lot of people. And the the biggest thing that I learned in the news industry was that everybody has a story. No matter what you do, who you are, everybody has a story. And it was my job to help tell that story. So a couple of years ago, I had my youngest, who is two now, and I wanted to get out of TV because the schedule it's it's really grueling and and it's it's not uh it's not good if you're looking for a flexible schedule or a flexible lifestyle with kids. So I got out and I went into PR and the main reason I went into PR was I was pitched a lot by publicists and small business owners who wanted to get their clients some airtime or they wanted to get themselves some airtime for their small business. And they really had no idea how the media worked or how to pitch the media. I mean, even people in public relations didn't really get it. So I said, you know what? I already have all these contacts in the media. I know what they're looking for. I'm just going to do what they do, but I'm going to do it better because I have this experience on the other side. So I worked at a public relations firm for six months. And then I ended up consulting for a few before completely going off on my own and starting my own business. So I've had my own public relations firm now for about a year and a half. And I tell people I, I do the same thing I did when I was on TV. I still tell stories. I just do it in, in a different way now. Christina, you have a lot of experience with uh, telling stories and getting people to tell stories to you when you were working for major media publications. Um, tell me, what were some of the other big lessons you took from these days and applied to your current business? Um, I think you you always have to be doing three things, and that is entertaining people because, you know, now we have our phones and we can never be bored. So you always want to keep people entertained. And 
that's not even just in storytelling, but the way you run your business, you, you can't, you, you can't run it in a boring way. You have to be entertaining and interesting and engaging. And then you also want to be educational and share information that another person doesn't know. So, you know, the number one reason we start a business is to solve somebody's problem. So that's your educational factor right there. So I think you want to be both, you know, entertaining and educational in everything you do in business. So let's get really specific, with the audience. Uh, give us an example from your business where you have both been educational and entertaining at the same time. Well, I think in storytelling, that's what keeps people's interest is if they're learning something and if they're entertained by what they're learning, because if not, you're going to lose their interest. So when I pitch clients to the media, I want to make sure they're doing those two things. And then I also want to throw in the emotional factor because in storytelling, if you don't have that emotional factor, people aren't going to care. It's not really a story without that. I mean, you see all of the marketing, people always go to the babies and the kids and the animals and the puppies because that sparks emotion in in a lot of people. So I think it's important to to always remember, I call it the three E's, being entertaining, educational, and then showing emotion. So you took all the experience and the lessons you learned over the years from working with different companies and started your own business, Media Maven, which is a full-service PR firm. And when I was looking through the, all the services you offer to clients, I was amazed. Uh, you do everything from blogging to photography and everything in between and dozen other services. Um, how the heck are you able to uh, provide all those different services and still do it well? Well, a lot of people don't realize this, but when you're watching your local news, many of those reporters are actually shooting and editing what you're seeing. So when I was in front of the camera, when you would see me in front of the camera for the two minutes I was on TV, most of my day was spent shooting and editing that story. So... Yeah, I know a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people think you go to work and you have somebody doing your hair and makeup and somebody's doing everything for you. Um, at most of my jobs, I shot and edited a lot of my own stuff. So that's how I became well-versed in photography and, and shooting video and editing video. And that's the best way. I mean, we know in 2017, that's the best way to tell a story is through video. So that's why I do that. And then I recently added... Um, the blogging to my list of services. Writing was always included because, again, I would write my stories as well every day. Nobody's writing that for me. I would write my stories, so that's included there. But I recently went through some SEO training, um, so I learned a lot about the importance of blogging to be found on the internet and not just for the sake of having a blog on your website. The purpose of a blog is to be found and that's the number one rule in public relations is you want to be found. You want people to know who you are. So, and then what I don't do myself, I work with a great team of people. When you have 10 years of experience in these industries that I've worked in, you develop a great network of people who can fill in the gaps that you cannot do yourself. So I know great web designers and great graphic designers and people who do the paid search online. So if I can't do it, I have team members who can help me with that. <laughs> That's quite funny. I honestly did not know that reporters 
have to do editing and all that dirty work as well. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, maybe it's because the media industry has been changing so much lately. Uh, Christina, have you thought about niching down with your services? Well, I don't take on a client I don't think I can help. For example, the finance industry does not interest me. It's hard to make that entertaining. So that is that is not my specialty. So I do not take on clients I do not think I can help. Now, I have become a little more niched, not so much in industry, but more so in the people that I work with. And that was something that was totally unplanned. It just was something I discovered through business development. I was finding that a lot of people wanted public relations. They wanted to be in the media and they wanted somebody to help promote them so they would become more well-known, but they did not have a budget to hire a public relations firm or a publicist. So I I started targeting and, and going after more of the solopreneurs and super small business owners, the people basically who didn't have a budget to hire me. Um, and, and, you know, people will tell me that's stupid. Why would you go after people who don't have a budget to hire you? And that's because I created an online course to help them learn what to do themselves. Because when I was getting these pitches, not only from PR firms, like I said, but from people themselves, they had no idea who to pitch and how to pitch them and what to pitch with. So I said, look, I understand as a solopreneur, because that's what I am. You don't have an extra $3,000 a month to pay a PR firm. So give me a fraction of that. Give me not even one third of that. And I will tell you everything I know. I will jump on group coaching calls with you and teach you everything that you need to do yourself to land yourself some media coverage to grow your business. So I kind of became niched more in the solopreneurs um, by accident, really, just by, by hearing feedback when I was trying to grow my own business. I'm wondering, how are you exactly reaching out to these solo entrepreneurs who don't have a big budget uh, set aside for a PR? And even paying a friction amount uh, for them is, uh, is usually quite challenging. So what's your pitch and how are you reaching out to these solo entrepreneurs? Well, you know what I'm doing? It's funny. I am just practicing what I preach. Um, it's my job to earn people publicity to grow their brand awareness, and that's what I do for myself. I'm in Inc. Magazine once a week. I write for Fast Company for the Huffington Post. I put my SEO knowledge to use on my business blog once a week. Um, I, You heard me on, on EO Fire. Now I'm here on your podcast. I mean, I, I'm a believer in what I do, and if I'm going to be promoting um, my services to other people, I need to to back back it up and and be able to do it on my own. You know, it's like it's like if you go to a hair salon and you're going to get your hair cut and you see the hair on the the person who's going to cut your hair and it's terrible. You're like, oh my gosh, why would I ever let this person cut my hair? Like, I have to be good at what I'm doing if I'm going to sell you my services. So that's that's really how I grow my business. Is I I am shameless in my self promotion and I definitely put myself out there. So when you first got started, uh, did you use the same exact strategies you were talking about right now or you had a different approach? Yeah, I did that. I always did that. That was always my go-to just because that was the industry I was in. But when I started out, I did more networking than I do now. So I joined a lot of local groups because 
my goal then was to have local clients and I did a lot of local networking. I did that for about a year, but after looking at my client list and where my income was coming from, it was all from me just doing my own public relations. So that's what I stick with. So Christina, let's say you had to start all over again without your name and without the people you know, how would you market yourself? Um, I think people are afraid to put themselves out there and promote themselves. And I, I think that's what you have to do. Um, people, I feel like they're either afraid of rejection or they're afraid of what people are going to think. But at the end of the day, you have your own business and you need to make money. And nobody is going to go out of their way to promote you and bring you business, you know, unless you're paying them to, which probably isn't the case. So, my advice to people is do not be afraid to tell everybody and anybody what you do and who a good client or who a good customer is for you because by constantly putting it out there, somebody's going to say something one day and that person's going to say, oh, well, you know what? I know Simon does this because I saw Simon put this on Facebook a couple of times. So call Simon. So my biggest piece of advice to people is just to keep promoting yourself and what you do. And if you're not doing it, if you're not promoting yourself to the media, do it on your own platforms, do it on your own blog, your own website and your own social media, because eventually it will pay off. Yeah, and it can be scary sometimes to put yourself out there, especially in the beginning, but it's uh, well worth it, like you said. Christina, I want to talk about your online course, uh, Master Your PR, and the tagline is you don't need to spend big bucks to earn publicity, you just need to know what to do, and you sold it for around $800. Uh, tell me, what was the thought process uh, behind putting that course together, and how long it took for you? Well, again... Um I, I never even thought of creating a course until I kept getting these people saying, oh, we love your services. We would we would love to sign on with you, but we just can't afford that right now. I was hearing that over and over again. And I thought, well, you know what? You just need to know what to do. You don't need to have a lot of money. I had a client that was a startup that didn't have any money. I mean, they were they, they had no extra money to spare. And I got them in the Washington Post on a morning show in Washington, D.C., which is in the top 10 market. I got them on the Today Show and the Chicago Tribune and Runner's World, their number one goal publication. And they had no money. It doesn't matter how much money you have because we're not talking about advertising. Advertising is what costs money. Earned media is free. You just need to know how to get it. So I put the course together and it is um, video modules, worksheets, checklist guides. It includes group coaching calls because for me, if I'm going to buy a course, I want access to the person who created it. I just don't want to buy an online program. So I made sure to have group coaching calls um, to give some specific advice to people so you're not just getting the, the course that the, with the generic information. And I'm always adding to it and I'm asking my students, what else do you want to know? What do you like? What don't you like? So I'm constantly in there making changes depending on what they're saying, what they like, what they don't like, and what they want to see more of. Um, so, And basically, it's just a roadmap. It tells you, if you want this, this is what you need to do. These are the steps you need to take it, and these are why you need to make these steps. And these are, you know, I mean, it just, it really is everything I would do for them if they were my client. Yeah, putting together an online course is kind of like writing a book. Uh, first, you outline it, and then you predict how long did it take. And usually, it takes longer than expected. Um, tell me exactly how long did it take for you to put it together, because the course is really in-depth. Well, 
like I said, I have two little ones and my husband, my husband's Canadian and he went to visit family for two weeks with the kids. And I thought, okay, I'm going to work all day, every day, putting this course together. Now, by then the outline was already done. So it was basically, um, just recording the modules and I didn't have everything written out word for word. I kind of ad lib a lot, just, you know, talking like it, like having a conversation. I wasn't reading from a script or anything, but like I said, that the joy of having an online course is you can, I mean, you can never really be done. So like if a student wants to hear something else or learn something else, I can create something in a day and put it in there. So I mean, right now, it, it is what it is. I think it's pretty much done. But if somebody has a need to learn something else, I'll create it and put it in there. Did you ever think or did, did you ever have that self-doubt uh, that nobody will be interested? Um, I'm putting together my first course um, and I'm constantly thinking, is it good enough? Uh, will people like it? Uh, kind of that nagging voice in the back of your head. Uh, did you go through that process as well? Yeah, and I think everybody does, but I don't think that should ever stop you from doing anything because, I mean, that's the reality in anything. And, and no matter what anybody starts doing, if they think that and act on it, nothing would ever be done. We wouldn't have anything that we have today. Um, so I wasn't really ever afraid of failure. And like, like, like I said, and like you just mentioned about, oh, well, will they like it? Will it be enough? Well, if they don't like it and if it's not enough, you can change it. It's not like it's not like um, a master's program in school where you pay your money, you go through your master's and you're done. You have lifetime access to this course and we can make tweaks and changes and additions all throughout it. So that's the joy of an online course and online education. You're getting what you need to know when you need to know it and and you have access to the creator so it's really beneficial to in your business, but I don't think you should be concerned with, oh, what if I don't sell any? What if nobody's interested? Because yeah, some people aren't going to be interested, but some people are. So you have to keep that mindset. Like you are an expert in what you do. People want to learn what you know. So why not put everything together to teach them? Brian Harris uh, from uh, videofruit.com. He's a uh expert on selling online courses and he always says that you should pre-sell your course before putting it together. Did you do that? I did not pre-sell it. I felt like the idea was validated and just the fact that people were like, I want this service, but I can't pay you for it. So I felt like I knew there was a need for it. And at the time, I didn't have an email list because remember, I was just doing client work in South Florida with with uh, local small businesses. I didn't think about going online. So that was an idea that came to me about a year ago after hearing from so many people that they wanted my help, but they couldn't pay me. So that was kind of my validation for creating the course. And since I've created it and started to grow my email list, I have gotten a positive reception because there are a lot of people who who don't have the money to hire somebody to do this. So they have to take the time to learn it and do it themselves. So give us some insight. How successful has the course been? Well, I am actually in the middle of my first launch. I already have four students. Um, my cart has not closed yet. So I am in the middle of my first launch. I don't have any affiliates. I know affiliates are a great way to go to um, to sell a course, but 
I wanted to try the first one on my own and, and see how it goes. So it's going pretty well. I've done a couple of calls with, um, with a student already who's really excited. And even um, my free courses, I have a couple of free courses. I have a free email course that's like a mini, mini version of my paid course. And I have a challenge, a get in the local newspaper challenge. And I've heard from a couple of people who have earned themselves media exposure, even after going through those free, those free things, the challenge in the course. So, so I know there's a market for it and I know it works and I'm happy to get those testimonials from students. So that's, you know, even more validation, like, okay, so you wanted this and now I'm giving it to you and now it's working. Like, it's such a great feeling to create something, not only that people want, but that is working. And, you know, they're emailing me with links to their news coverage and their TV segments. So it's really exciting to see. Christina, I know you put out amazing content and the four sales is just the beginning. <laughs> Trust me. At this point in the conversation, I want to understand why you are successful and reverse engineer that. Um, let's start with morning routine. Do you have a morning routine you strictly follow? <laughs> I wish I did, but I have I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and uh, my husband works early mornings. He's in the golf business, so he's out of the house by six in the morning. So my morning routine is getting my kids up into school by nine o'clock. Um, but besides that, I am very scheduled. I plan my day the night before. So it's all written out. I created these, these hourly daily planners. So I know what I'm doing at every hour, um, every day. And like I said, that's written out ahead of time the day before. So I don't wake up with this feeling of, oh, I have so much to do. I don't know where to begin. Um, so when it comes to routine, my biggest, my biggest savior is just being scheduled. So how strict you are with yourself, Christina, when your calendar or schedule is packed and then you miss something, uh, do you kind of beat yourself up for that? I used to over schedule myself, but now I need to remember to schedule um, some buffer time because A, you don't know how long things are going to take you and B, yeah, things pop up. So I definitely schedule in some buffer time and I need to get better about scheduling in some me time. I know everybody recommends that I need to get better at that. I'm practicing. Um, yeah, but, but I definitely, um, I try not to overschedule myself. I used to, and I've learned, you know, when the end, when the end of the day comes and you still have a bunch of stuff on your to-do list, um, that's not beneficial <laughs> for you. So it only makes you feel, you know, more stressed out and overwhelmed. So I only give myself, you know, the most important tasks to do each day. And I plan a week in advance. So I'll say, okay, this is everything I need to get done this week. And then I break it down by day. And how often do you check in with yourself? Um, I look at everything that I did. And then I look at everything that I did not do. And if I did not do it, I ask myself, okay, why did this not get done? How important is this? And I always want to make sure that what I'm doing is to achieve a goal. So if my goal is to grow my email list, I want to do one thing every day that will grow my email list. If my goal is to get a new client, I want to break that goal down. Okay, so how many people do I need to call? How many people do I need to visit? How many people can I visit today? So I definitely look at the goals and break them down to see what I did right and what I did wrong, and then go from there. Right. Uh, something I've been practicing lately is writing down my goals every single morning. Uh, I've had so many good friends telling me that, Simon, you need to start writing down your goals and not just have them in your mind. Uh, and I've been practicing it for a few weeks now. I'll see how it goes, but I feel pretty good about it. Christina, 
It's been a pleasure having you in the show. If you could leave our audience with just one final takeaway, one final thought, what would that be? My biggest takeaway is do not be afraid to promote yourself. Don't be afraid of failure and don't be afraid of what people are going to think. You are in business to make money to support yourself or to support your family. So don't be afraid to promote yourself. That's what you have to do to make things happen. And Christina, I think you had something for my audience. Uh, You can share that uh, gift now. I do. I have something for your listeners. Um, I mentioned my my course and my free e-course. Well, I turned all of, um, not all of it, but some of it into an e-book. It's just over 40 pages and I want to give it away to your your listeners for free. So if you go to my website, mediamavenandmore.com slash entrepreneur, you can get the free ebook there. Thank you very much for that. Uh, if you want to get the show notes, links, everything we mentioned in this episode, head over to entrepreneurdecoded.com, type in Christina and everything will pop up right away. Christina Nicholson, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.